Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, do we have a surprise for everybody tonight or what? Man, true. <laughs> I tell you, we have a show for you all tonight. Brian, all I can say is she's back. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's been asking us when when will we have her back on. I'm not going to say her name right now, but I'm telling you, for the people that are listening, you need to contact this lady and have her speak at any event that you're having. She can adapt to it. And I tell you what, and the brother that we're having on tonight, Brian, I said before the show when we were talking, the book that this guy has written, this is the book that will I guarantee you it will be something uh, that the colleges will adopt and, and make this a required reading. And I'm pretty sure high schools will do the same. Do you agree? You know, I think it's going to be required reading for for every, well, I won't say how because I'll give it away a little bit, but I think that every parent will want their their child to know about what this book says. Yes, yes. I tell you what, we're just going to have a lot of fun. A lot of information will be given out tonight. We're going to talk about men. We're going to talk about women. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, relationships. And the topic for tonight is why not you? Why not you? Yeah, it's time for us to learn. It's time for us to come together as a man and a woman and a boy and a girl and we need to get back to the old basics of, of communicating, and that's something that we we don't have, Brian. We have a lot of us that are going into relationships and we're having sex on the second date. We don't really know each other. We're cutting corners, and then we try to pick up the pieces as we go. But, Brian, you know what happens when you mix and dibble and dabble and you do these different things. You know what happens when you don't really know each other. You know what happens. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely do. You know, the thing that, that's really intriguing about tonight's show is that the stuff that we're going to discuss is so straight up and real. Yes. You know, and you know, like I was telling our guests before the show started, I even had it, had an experience where the information that we're going to talk about tonight would have proved very helpful for me. Because I had an ex- I had a situation where I had to go back to what I knew about what we're going to talk about tonight, you know, in order to help somebody else get through a situation, you know. Yeah. So tonight, if 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 you don't have an opportunity to listen to us live, you definitely have to go back into the archives and listen to this show, because this yeah. will definitely be a show to listen to. And Brian, let me say this: our two guests are qualified to talk about the things that we're going to talk about. And, Brian, you know our guest, she knows her stuff, and she's going to do, she's going to do, she's going to come through like she always does, Brian. Mm-hmm. And I know the brother that we have on tonight is going to, you know, tell a lot of men a lot of things that we don't know how to do. And, Brian, you know, as men, we don't share things that we don't know. We're afraid to say, well, you know, I don't know how to do this. And you'll be surprised at, a, at how a lot of men are in relationships, and some of them are even married, and don't know how to let someone love them, or they don't know how to express love, you know, the way it should be expressed. A lot of times they just don't know, but that's okay. They're going to learn tonight if they're listening. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, one other thing uh, I want to say before we introduce our two guests, you know, you're absolutely right on that, Greg. A lot of men don't know how to love and and they don't share. That's right. And the one thing that they don't share is they don't share information about the game to the game. And you might ask me what I mean by that. Well, I'll tell you once we introduce our two guests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two authors. Yes, we have two authors. Our first guest is no stranger to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Her name is Elder Olivia D. Stith, and she is the author of If God is My Lover, Why Is My Bed So Cold? And she's also a Christian relationship minister and author. And our second guest 
is Mr. Tony Gaskins, Jr., and he is the author of What Daddy Never Told His Little Girl. Wow. <laughs> and at this time, I want to bring both of them on the air. So are you all there? Yes, hello. Yes, how you doing, Olivia? Wonderful. <laughs> good evening, good evening. Glad to have you guys on, man. We're so excited. The lines are already lit up. So yes, they are. Any, yeah, any of the listeners, please hold on. We're going to get to you. We're going to definitely get to you. Brian, I'm going to let you have the first crack at them. All right, all right. Well, you know, and this was something I asked. Uh, we talked with Tony last night on uh, another show, and the one question I wanted to ask him is, what is one of the things that Daddy never told his little girl? I like to basically call it the truth, and the reason why, <laughs> the reason why I say that is because a lot of times, even as fathers, um, you Superman to your kids, and and especially your daughter. You know, if I, I had a father and a sister, and I knew how much she loved them, and if he expressed what's real, that person that she sees her hero, her Superman, she may stop liking them. You know, she may not love them the way he do. So a lot of times, the father. Where he's trying to protect her and, and trying to keep her love, he actually end up hurting her instead of admitting his flaws, admitting his faults, so that that woman, that, that child, that daughter could see, well, man, if my father is capable of uh, cheating or beating or, you know, fornication and adultery, then any man is. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. 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 Wow. You know, and that's something that, that you hit it right on the mark. You know, I, I'm I'm talking back and forth with Greg on uh, instant message, and I said, "Bam!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that just that was right on the mark. We don't tell our children the truth. You know, people get on me because I told you know I tell kids there's no such thing as Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, and all those other people. Tooth Fairy, no, your mama and daddy the Tooth Fairy, your mom and daddy Santa Claus, your mom and daddy the Easter Bunny. And, you know, people say, why do you tell that? Why are you taking that? I say, well, because if we start teaching our children lies now, they'll become experts at lies later. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. One of the things I always tell people, I say, I say, if I don't want to talk on the phone, I will never tell my kids to tell somebody I'm not there. Just tell them that I'm not available to speak right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because if you start telling them to say you're not there, that's a lie. You are there, you know. Yeah. But if you're not available, that's different. You may not be available. But well, Brian, you know? I had something for Olivia. <laughs> Olivia, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. <laughs> what Daddy didn't tell you, you know, when you were dating, and what did you have to find? What What was that thing that you found out that Daddy didn't tell you? Oh my goodness. Um, my family was. One of those families that that's what's cut and dry. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't have sex. Uh, don't don't let a man touch you this way. Uh, don't go out there. There's a lot of don't do this. Don't do this. But it never was. Well, if I get in this situation, how do I deal with it? Um, we, I was I was raised in a street. Brian, you in the shower? Brian. Hello. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, <laughs> anyway, um, you know, he basically, he showed me what a, a man is supposed to do, actually, for his family, because I, I came from a father, uh, he wasn't abusive uh, to my mother, but my father was a very strict type person. Um, he took care of his home and everything like that, but a lot of times, as far as, um us having an opinion or voicing our thoughts on things, he really didn't allow that, and that kind of um, affected me as a woman growing up because I saw that more as a, a dictating type of spirit. That's the way I saw it. Because uh, my mother never was, you know, my mother was very calm nature and everything. So basically, my dad always taught me the man is the ruler of his house and everything, and that was just it. And, you know, I love my parents, and, and I believe they taught me the best they could, but I realized that it wasn't as cut and dry as he put it, that um, a woman didn't have to lose her identity 
just because she was married. So, you know, getting back to you all, what you were saying, I teach my daughters. I say Prince Charming is for church girls who believe in fairy tales. Prince Charming does not exist. You know, I keep it real with my daughter. Prince Charming is, gonna, is not going to just come and make everything all right. Nobody's going to wave a magic wand and give you everything you need. I say the one that you got to get tied to is the Prince of Peace, the living God. And with that comes suffering, comes maturity, comes um, knowing what not to speak. And all these attributes are in Christ Jesus. And once you develop that relationship with him, then you will know how to deal with a natural man. I said because my mother taught me how to keep my legs closed, but she, but she didn't tell me that I needed the power of God to be able to do it. Right, and right. that's what you know what I'm saying. I got the wisdom and knowledge how to do things, but I wasn't taught that it takes the power of God to give me the strength not to do it. And I feel that I'm, I'm teaching my sons, I'm teaching my daughter this at an early age. They might not understand it, but I'm teaching them. My son, I have respect for a young woman that's a virgin. Yeah. You don't have a right to take her virginity. That's a that's a, a gift that God gave her. You know. And uh, I teach my daughter her value. Right. And I told her, you can't expect a man to treat you in a manner that you don't know you're supposed to be treated. That's true. That's true. And I have yeah. a question for Tony. Tony, uh, I, I said earlier that a lot of us men, we don't know how to do a lot of things while we're dating and even uh, while married. How how can we how can we uh, make that right how can we get together and say you know what let's let's make this right i don't know how to do this and it's affecting my family it's affecting the decisions that i'm making how can i what what can we do um me personally i would say seek god when when i got into the word and i seen that that god uh taught me to be submissive to him and to his will and he taught me in his word how to love my wife then that helped me to learn as a husband so what i what i take and do is I picture myself as Christ, and I picture my wife as the church. And when I put it in that aspect, I look and I say, would Christ do this to me? Would Christ leave me like this? Would Christ treat me like this? Or, and when I look at it from that aspect, then I know that it's my job to, to cater to her. It's my job to be a blessing to her, to uh, you know keep her hair done, keep her, uh, her nails done, if I'm financially able. And it's my job to sacrifice for. And so when we learn that, I honestly feel like that the word of God, God and wrote it out so you could become the perfect man. You know, uh, you know what? <laughs> While you were saying that, what, what came to me and I said, you know, I'm asking one more thing. So what you're saying is we as men, we need to operate in love at all times and not come outside of that. In all times, we need to love the way Christ loved the church. And when we get to know our, ourselves through God, then that's when we start to experience love ourselves, and therefore we're able to give love. Oh, man, that's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. We want to go to a caller right now. Got the lines lighting up here, and we're going to take the caller from the 215 area code. 215, caller, are you there? All right, they may just want to listen here. All right, we'll take the next caller. Caller, are you there? All right, we got a bunch of listeners. <laughs> That's just fine. All right, you know, I have another question um, actually for Libby, and this mm -hmm. is something that I'm definitely going to use. Now, I have two young daughters, and, you know, one well, actually, I have twin boy and girl, and um, my son and my daughter are getting ready to go to middle school. And so mm -hmm. I know in middle school, you know, because the middle school was when I was in that lifestyle, that's where I honed my craft. You always went after the fresh meat that came in. When you were in high school, you mm -hmm. went after the ninth graders. When you are in middle school, if you're an eighth grader, you went after the sixth graders because they're dumb, they don't know nothing. They don't understand the game, you know, and I was saying earlier about, you know, most men don't teach the game, you know, teach the game about the game. You know, what do you think uh, or what did you teach your daughter about the game 
Well, once again, I'm the type of person, um, I tell people that even though I'm teaching my kids the spiritual concept, I also, you know, you got to realize that we deal with them on a natural sense. And my thing, I feel the best thing a parent can do is teach a child their self-worth. Um, the biggest issue I see in in women that we are lacking um, our self-worth. You know, we, we look for a man to validate us in certain areas. We look for a man to take care of us. We look for a man to give us things that we normally feel we couldn't get ourselves. And so in looking for those things, it makes us to make decisions to get in unhealthy relationships. Well, um, my daughter is seven years old. And in the natural, she goes to the hairdresser every two weeks. Um, she don't drink Madonna milk shakes. She drinks Frappuccinos. So I, when I took her to rest, um, I was taking her to get her hair done, and the lady told me, she said, wow, she's seven and she drinks from Starbucks. I said, I'm teaching her. She can buy McDonald's any day. But when she starts going out there with a gentleman, then she's going to say, look, I can do this, but um, I'm a, you know, for example, I'm a Starbucks type of woman, not being materialistic, but I'm, I'm teaching her certain things you can get on your own. Get what you can on your own. I teach my daughter the same thing, that um, even though you may not have it, always build your life around what you can do for yourself and not expect that someone else to bring it in. When you expect a, 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 a man to do whatever, turn the mirror back on yourself and realize that everything you want is not going to come fast because you're going to meet the guys that's going to offer you um, popularity, you know, the, the most famous guy in school. You're going to um, find the guys that's going to tell you he's always going to love you. Well, I'm a single parent, and she actually don't have um, a male figure here. But the thing that I do teach her, have enough love and respect for yourself, your self-worth, that once you give that gift away, you can't take it back. Not only that, look at, you know, you, your body is a temple. Um, you, it's diseases out there. Um, it's, it's a lot of things out there and operate on common sense and not your emotions. Um, I know that they're going to go out there and meet people, but the thing is I'm trying to let her know that the things that she wants all her life, whether it's love, whether it's support, that she can get it from her family, um, show her that even if I say something wrong, have enough love for herself to know that, you know, I may, for example, say, that's you know, you did something really stupid. And just because I say that, that doesn't necessarily mean you're stupid. You know, a lot of times one of the early traps is we get in relationships because, you know, men know what to say to make us feel good about ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and a lot of times we, we fall for that because we don't hear it enough growing up. And so I, I always try to stress to her that that love and that attention that you may feel you're going to get from that person is only going to be temporary, but learn who you are. Be Feel good about yourself. Um, my seven-year-old, she was self-conscious. I got a seven-year-old and a 13-year-old girl. And um, my daughter told me today, um, she works part-time at the library volunteering, and she was like, you know, Mom, a boy was behind the computer, and he just kept looking at me, and I'm like, what is he looking at me for? So I always keep it open that they can talk to me about anything, and communication is important. And I just feel that a lot of women, and especially in my time growing up, we weren't able to communicate with our parents the way um, – I'm doing today because you can't just preach to these kids. We do a lot of preaching. They already know that they shouldn't be having sex. Well, I need to teach you when you get in that situation how to take the alternative and why you should take the alternative. And then pray that when you get out there that you're going to make the right choice. And if you don't, it's not because I haven't taught you. So, you know, I just... I just try to put in them what I see a lot of women have been missing when they were growing up and try to show them that just because I went through what I went through with their father doesn't mean that every man is like that. Because I don't badmouth men. I don't badmouth my exes. I basically tell them the truth 
this is what you need to look for, this is what you need to run away from. Right, right. All right, we're going to take a brief commercial, and we will, when we come back, we're going to have some more questions for our uh, featured guest tonight. We'll be right back with the Abundant Solutions Hour. If someone you love has a problem with drugs and alcohol, isn't that expecting this? Yeah, but it's the right thing. There is something you can do. You think I'll be okay with this? You can celebrate his recovery every chance you get. For drug and alcohol treatment referral for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Hey, Justin, Sarah. Hi, Ricky. Hi. Hey, listen, I just heard about some kids who might try to get some beer. So, why are you coming up? Yeah. Well, because I thought maybe we could go and, you know, drink. Why? Um, because... I guess because it's cool. Cool? Why is it cool? Well, you know, we can go and get wasted. And why would we want to get wasted? Well, remember that time when we heard some older kids talking about doing it? So, why should we do it? Well, I guess... I guess I don't know. Sooner or later, someone may ask you if you want to drink. If that ever happens to you, maybe there's something you should ask them. Like, why? Because the fact is, most kids don't drink. Even older kids. So think about it. There's no good reason to drink. Want to know more? Check out thecoolspot.org. And we're back with the Abundant Solutions Hour. And tonight's topic is, why not you? And we have two very special guests with us tonight. And they are Olivia D. Stith, who is a Christian relationship minister and author, and also Tony Gaskins, Jr., who is the author of the book, What Daddy Never Told His Little Girl. And, Tony, you know, we want to ask you about what do you think is the single most important thing that a little girl should know about a man? Um, that he can't be trusted. I believe that a lot of times women, they look at men as superheroes, and women automatically, when they meet a man, they give their whole mind, body, and soul. And so I, I believe that every woman should be taught, every young girl should be taught that allow a man to prove himself with his actions and not with his words. Like the Bible says, you'll know the tree by the fruit that he bears. And that's what made it so easy for me in my life and why I had to keep searching for love is because every girl that I came into, she would give in on the first night. I didn't know why, I didn't understand why, but it just it seemed it so easy and like she didn't respect herself or her self worth and when I say that, it wasn't just women that were poor or from the hood. Some of them was rich, some of them was, was older, some was younger. I mean, it just didn't matter the age, 40, 23, uh, white, black. It was just so many, and it was so hard for me to find a young woman that was raised to respect herself and to love herself and to make a man earn his keeps. And so I believe that women should realize that uh, God don't tell us to trust in man. He tells us to trust in him. And so if we get, if, if she knows that the only person she has to believe everything that she see or hears is from God, then she'll kind of hold that man to a new standard and not see him as a superhero or, you know, like like the way she look at her father. You know what, Tony, I I, want to ask you this. You know, what you're saying is exactly right. But I want to go back to this game thing. Why do we even have game? Why do we even have to go at each other with game? Why can't we just learn and be patient and communicate with each other to say, I want to take the time to get to know this woman, or I want to take the time to get to know this man. I'm not going to cut any corners and get to know him later, but I want to get to know him now, and I'm not going to do any games. I know the girls are telling each other to do this or do that, and the guys are whispering in the boys' ear, you should do this or you should do that. Why do we even have game, and why do we even call it game? It's it's a secular world, and it's the devil just like um, even our – Everything that we're living with, our, our language, when we say, 
how about laugh to death or uh, I'm dying to get there. When you look at small things like that that the devil has inputted in our input in our lives to where the way we think, the way we speak, everything we do is so secular and so that that's what it is. It's it's gain because of our, the secular nature we live in. And like I say, that's why it's such a huge difference when you're living by the word of God. When when you learn to serve God in spirit and in truth. So you learn to be true to yourself and you learn to be true to others. And so it's such a huge difference and that's really where it comes from. It's, it's worldly, it's secular, it's of the devil. And I mean, as our world grows weaker and wiser, we experience it more. And with all the divorce rates and everything we go through, everybody got their guards up. And it just, it takes God to... Uh, when you come into that lifestyle and become a new creature and understand what's really real. Awesome. Libby. How can I add something to what he said? Yes, go ahead. Okay, and um, I agree with everything that he said because um, one thing that women have to realize, we're being pursued by two different forces. We're being pursued by the enemy. That's why the Bible says be sober and be vigilant. Knowing your adversary is going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. And to and fro means back and forth, back and forth. You also are being pursued by that man that God has sent for you. Now, see, the problem is when you're out there being pursued, you got to realize that you got two different forces coming behind you, and you have to use wisdom to decide who is what. Now, is the devil don't have to do much work with a lot of women and men today because what happens is we're out there, we're in this wilderness, and instead of being led by God to see our way through, we sit and we fall, we walk into these traps and strongholds, like I was stating earlier. You know, a trap has like the little food in it to um, entice the animal to come in, where that food can be. Um, soothing words. It could be a nice house. It could be a nice car. And once you turn around, now you're being pursued, but you're going to turn around and walk right into a trap. But my thing is, if you know who you are in Christ and know that you are joint heirs with him, why are you going to sit and walk in a trap for a little piece of meat when you own, when your father owns the cattle up on the hill? See, that's when it comes into knowing who you are in Christ. Women don't know their value and what they hold within themselves, so they have to walk into this trap and grab that little piece of meat that they they see and drawing them in, and they get trapped into a stronghold. But the thing is that um, you have to realize that if someone is pursuing you, you have to have the mentality. If you want to have, if you're going to catch me, you better have the right tools and be equipped to keep me. That I'm gonna get through. I'm not going to get caught up in the stronghold. And the thing is, I should have spent enough time with Christ that if a man telling me he's going to lead me somewhere, that I should see that Christ, the same Christ that taught me, is working in him to lead me. See, you, we have to see Christ in this person, not only like Tony say in words, but in deeds. And it is good. There are good men out there, but there are a lot of wolves out there in sheep's clothing enticing us. And the thing is, if you don't know your identity in Christ, you're going to get lost. One trick men use, they come to me and say, what do you want in a man? And I know what I say, what does God want in you? And once you tell me that, then I'll let you know if you qualify to talk to me because I'm bringing favor in your life. Okay. You know what, Livy? Last night when we were on the conference call, that that's what I was talking about. At the beginning, we're all, you know, when we meet someone, we're, we're going to be met with, we're going to have these two thoughts. And mm-hmm. we, know, we know everything starts with a thought. We know that. And we know that we can either do the right thing or we can do the wrong thing when we meet someone. Mm-hmm. Why is it that we always do the wrong thing most of the time? Because we know that this person is not right for us. Because we caught away in our own lust. We're dealing with emotions. Instead of being led by the spirit, we're being led by the flesh. We have become lazy. We want God to give us something, but we don't want to give him anything. We want one of his sons, but we don't want to take time to get to know his son that gave his life for us. Well, you can't honor and worship 
the son of God, how in the world are you going to honor and, and, and take care of a man? How are you going to know how to do that? How are you going to know that that man has in him what God has destined for you? Because when God made Eve, he saw Adam. He said, it's not good that man should dwell alone, and I shall make a helpmate suitable for him. Everybody is not suitable for everyone. And that is where the problem comes in. We try to make people suitable for us. And, for example, like we talk about the rib, women are trying to force a man rib in them that they're not made for. Every man is not made for Olivia Steph. God has made a man suitable for me, and he has equipped within me the wisdom, the knowledge, and ability to take that man to the level he has to go because I'm his helpmate. I'm there to help him, and if someone is sent to help you, then God has given them the things that it takes to get you where he wants you to go. You don't send help to someone and they're not equipped to help the person. That's why a lot of people aren't getting anywhere because the men leading them don't know where they're going, and the women don't know where they're supposed to be going either. So everybody is just mixed up, everybody's divorcing, and everybody's just not taking their time, and that's what's going on here. You know what? Let, let me ask Tony this. Tony, you and I know, we haven't met physically, but you and I know that a lot of men walk down that aisle and they know without a shadow of a doubt that's not his wife. They know that that is not the woman for him, and that woman knows that that is not the man for her. What do they do now? Natural consequences. You got to suffer the consequences. I, I, I watched it. And, and that, a lot of times that happens when you're unevenly yoked. I mean, you can't stand. It's like building a mansion on the sand. And that's why it's so important to communicate and have that foundation. And I speak about that all the time. And even with the men that I speak with, I tell them how important it is to communicate so, so you can have Jesus Christ and friendship as your foundation and you could be uh, planted like a tree by the waters. And I use that uh, example where you have a tree planted by the waters, then you have a mansion built on the sand. When the waves, which is trials and tribulations inside of that marriage, come, if you got a foundation, them tribulations strengthen you. It make you stronger. When them waves hit that tree, it's soaked to the roots and it becomes stronger. But when that waves hit that mansion on the sand, which seems so grand, which seems so beautiful, and they get married because they look like a couple out of magazine, but really they have no core, they have no foundation, them trials and tribulations strip them down, and they begin to sink. Awesome. You know, Tony, you talk about in your book, you said the objective of your book is to give women a better chance at relationships. You know, when you talk to women, what are some of the things you try to tell them about? Because I know when I talk to, uh, especially like when we talk, Greg and I, we talk to youth, and we tell them the importance of abstinence. You know, what do you tell women about what I like to call their cookies? <laughs> you know, because I had I heard this saying once, and I've been using it ever since. It's great. This lady uh, once talked about her uh, her body was like a cookie, like a nice chocolate chip or oatmeal or whatever kind of cookie you like. And she said, and every man that came around, had you know, they took a piece of her cookie. They didn't necessarily pay for it. She gave it to him. But when it was time for her to get married, she didn't have a full cookie. So the person yeah. that ended up paying for that cookie, because that was supposed to be their cookie, they didn't get the whole cookie. So they wanted right. to know, well, where's my cookie? You know, and so this is what I, and I guess this is my question. You know, what do you tell women about the importance of, not giving their cookies away. Well, you know, in, in a perfect world, you would want to say to abstain, uh, to focus on God, to keep your legs closed, you know, your feet to the street and your eyes to the skies. But in reality, this our, this generation is so wicked. I mean, my, my four-year-old niece, she learned what sex was from Dora the Explorer, the cartoon. That's right. And she was, and she was talking about sex, and uh, her mama said, how do you know what that is? And she say, uh, Dora, uh, the chocolate tree on Dora. This is a 
cartoon that's supposed to be educational. That's and right. then besides that, my sister told me a story, and I'm going to put this out there so uh, the older generation can see how wicked this world is right now. And my sister say uh, her, her daughter came home, and she's and she four years old now. She in daycare. And she said uh, she had on a skirt, and her legs was open. And she said, uh, Mike, close your legs. You don't sit with your legs open. And she said, uh, okay. Then she got up. She said, I can't stand this from my niece talking. I can't stand when uh, that boy Brandon uh, put his hand up my skirt. And then she said, what, what you talking about? Put his hand up your skirt. What do you be doing up your skirt? Then she she stuttered a little bit, uh, maybe digging in my butt. Four years old now, and she raised by a good, strong woman. Don't have no men around her. She teach don't don't drink, don't smoke, don't curse. She a Christian. My father's a former pastor. My mama a Christian. But just going to daycare, she exposed to these things. And so when I'm speaking to women, especially older women, I'm I'm understanding. I was a teacher in the school system, and it was fifth graders that was having sex willingly. But see, a lot of people that's you know, thirty five, forty, forty five. It, it it was better in that day and age. Me being a twenty four year old man, I'm I'm closer and I'm able to see how the Bible says we'll grow weaker and wiser. And so a lot of people is they 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 don't really understand what their children really being faced with. And of course your child not gonna really tell you what's going on. And especially the music they listening to. So when I'm talking to a young girl, and and any girl whether she in middle school or high school or college. I always tell her when it comes down to her prized possession, to her body, being that we live in a secular world and a lot of them, even though they say they are Christian, they may still curse around their friends and, you know, listen to the rap music, Plies and Lil Wayne and things like that. So I tell them when you meet a man, you set a six-month rule. You set a six-month rule that that man can't touch you intimately in no way, not even a, a, a hug that's too long, can't slap your butt, can't do none of that. And when a woman does that, what I've learned from experience and seeing men go through now, it's a, it's a certain type of man that could get past that threshold, that six-month threshold. But the key to it is is that if you're going to live this life and you're going to be secular in a secular world, you have to realize that you got to make a man earn his keep. So when I tell him to set that guideline, what happens is if that man can't touch them, by the time he's finally able to touch them, he's he's grown so fond of them. He really he's built the foundation of friendship, and and love. So now, when he's finally able to touch that woman's body and understand that this is really happening now, this thing in, in middle school, high school is happening. They having sex, whether the parents want to believe it or not, and well, not all of them, but a lot of them is. And so when it happened, now this this person. He really loving that female. He really like her. Or the thing about it is, if that woman set that guideline, that or that girl set that guideline, she'd probably still be a virgin by the time she get married. Because ninety percent of the men, if he can't get it in a month, two months, he going to the next one. And so she'll be weeding out about ninety nine percent of the boys she meet. If she set in her mind, okay, I'm gonna see if he real. He can't touch me for six months. I ain't even gonna give him a tight hug. And that's what I tell them, and that's to be realistic. I know it ain't all the way Christian, it ain't all the way church, but sometimes we got to give them what will help them get to that, you know, get past that threshold. And so you set a guideline that's realistic, and what you'll actually do, you'll see that'll carry them through their life because the world's so secular. You know, I want to say something about that because I never thought about it in that way because, you know, especially when you're talking to kids, you never want to say anything that kind of encourages them to possibly do that. But right. what you said makes so much sense because even with that, you're right. Nobody, Most guys, they're not waiting that long because they might have little Susie the Floozy over you're there right. that's ready to give it up right now. You're right. So they're not going to waste wait. their time with, Somebody who they can't get anything out of unless they really have a connection with that person. And by the time they've waited that long to have that connection with that person, that bond is so strong. Now they have respect and trust for them, so they don't want to jeopardize that. You're right. You know, and again, like you said, that's not the, the Christian worldview. You know, that's not the Christian way to teach them. You want to teach them no sex until marriage, you know, and that's what I promote. But at the same time, you have to be practical. Not right. everybody's going to be able to get to that point. Not everybody has grown up in a loving Christian 
separate, you know, family and had good instruction coming from, you know, good teachers. So right. if you, you, you know, you like I said, you got to use what you got, <laughs> you know, until you can use what you need, you know. And I, well, not yeah. use what you need, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, I, and I think that was just a great, that's a great way of looking at it. You know, because you can try to tell kids, okay, look, you know, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, you know, and we want them to follow that. But if we're just telling them this is what it says, you know, they're not meeting up with people who are following the Bible. Right. So while we do want to use the word to get rid of those guys, we still have to use something. You know, we want to use the word as our foundation, but there's nothing that says we can't use, you know, practical sense you know right. and logic to also beat you know beat the demon yeah well you know i i had a question for livy livy now that you've heard um tony tony's uh, what tony had to say now when you when your daughter is of age to date mm-hmm. what rules have you you what what rules do you think you will enforce i know this is a different time now this is a different time, and it's very important that parents understand that how they dated back in the day is a lot different the way kids think and process things now. Because as Tony said, we're living in such a secular world. What do you right? Think, yeah. How, what what type of rules do you think you will enforce? Well, I think I agree with what what he said. Um, you know, I, I always tell them the right thing to do, but at the same time, um, I get a lot of flack from people because my son not putting his business out there. Um, I, I had found out that he had started going out there, being intimate at one time. And, you know, I told him, I don't agree with it. It's not right. It's not the way God wanted. But at the same time, you know, I had to talk to him about condoms and HIV, and you know, a lot of people say, well, you telling him to do it. I'm not telling him to do it. I'm not telling my daughter to do it. I'm, all I can do is just tell them the right thing to do and, and teach them that um, don't get in a relationship for the wrong reason. But I, I know regardless, there's a certain phase they're going to go through and a lot of people, you know, I, I was raised in a Christian home, like I said, and I was taught all those things, but I still went out there and I did. all I, You know, I teach them the right thing, and I, I just let them know that I'm here to talk to them because you do have to meet people on the level that they are. They may not turn um, to God immediately, but even in the process when they're out there dating and courting and going through these um Emotions, and I and I think one thing that's a problem with church, they don't teach enough about sex in the church to young people. They, you know, it, you got to do more than just tell them is you know don't do it. But uh, if you want to be honest, the reason why most people can't teach them because we need to teach the grown people to stop having sex first of all. <laughs> and you know that's my thing. And you know I, I get a lot of flack from people because. Um, they want to say this generation going down or not to, but um, the church, a lot of church people are not living anything, so they can't teach them. A lot of the preachers are messing with the young girls. A lot of the preachers are coming to see these young girls' mothers, putting them in houses and everything like that, so we can't teach them nothing. So we're not only going against the world out there, we're going against the church world on the inside. Um, my daughters have seen, and you know, and this is my thing, I tell my daughter, if you really want to, um, if you really care about a man, there's certain things you got to know how to reach a man. And if you really know how to reach a man and learn the language of a man, you're not going to have to open your legs to get anything from him. That's what I teach because my daughter sees this for herself. I have men that will come, and I have a friend. Um, I was in a situation. A friend, he gave me his credit card. Go do what you got to do. Didn't tell me, just gave him a credit. And I had relatives in here, oh, God, he he gave you credit. He must be your man. I said, no, I'm not his wife. I'm not his woman. I'm a godly woman, and he know what I stand for. He know when he give me this, I'm not going to take advantage of him. I'm not going to step out of my boundaries. I'm going to do what I say that I'm going to do. 
and give him his card back. He see my life, and he support me in what I do, and he honors me as a woman and treats me as a woman. And my daughter see this. You know, my son, like, man, you know, my, my son, you know, kids are, oh, you must be a G. I said, I'm not a G, you know, a gay old school or whatever. I said, but the thing is, when you show yourself as a woman of integrity, believe it or not, there are going to be men out there that respect you and will help you, and you don't have to give up the cookies. Because my daughter sees this in my lifestyle. I can teach her all day. But she sees mama don't run with men. Mama has friends that she speaks to. Mama has Gucci. Mama has Prada. And these were gifts. Not that I would because honey, I, don't, I can't spend my money like that. But I have all these things, not because I laid up with a man, because these are gifts, not just for men, but from ministries. When you're a woman of integrity, all these things that you may feel you got to go out there and have sex for and um, do this that please that man or whatever, you don't have to do it. But at the same time, she's going to have to make that choice. Hey, I can't make it for her. That's right. Livy, so the next time you get that card, Livy, I wear a size 10. Look, look, look my girl, oh, my girl feels like, girl, you so little, little, little. And I'm like, no. And I'm gonna tell you, it ain't. It's not easy. Yeah, but I'm just joking. But let me let me put this out there. When uh, I, I I teach abstinence um, education as well, Brian, we we both do. And and I listen to the young girls that are in there. And they're telling us. They're telling me that they're having sex with. And I'm talking about a 15 or 16 year old. They're having sex with someone that's old enough to be their father, their grandfather. And, and I think what, what these old men don't really understand is the little bit of pleasure that they're, that they're getting. This, this child has, has so much now that they're going to have to fight so much to straighten out the fact that they got off of the right path. They're going to have to try to live that down at some point. They're gonna, it's going to hit them in the face at some point and say, you know what, this is not why I was created. But now that it's out there and everybody knows what's going on, you know, it, it, like the topic says, why not me? Why not change your life? Why, why, why go through that? You understand what I'm saying? Because what's happening is their future is being affected by the things or the decisions that they're making right now. And these old men, they don't really understand that because all they're chasing is a feeling. And, and, and you know, the flesh don't know how old the child is. The flesh don't know that. The, all the flesh knows is what it wants. The flesh, it doesn't know uh, that that's the preacher wife. The flesh, the flesh only knows what it wants and what it desires, and that's exactly what's, what's happening with these older men. So, Livy, let me ask you this. With a with a little girl or a teenager that has fallen, that that's doing these things, how can they get back up? Well, um, the youngest girl that I I dealt with, she was thirteen and, and she had got pregnant, and uh, her boyfriend was nineteen, and um, she was very mature looking for thirteen, but she still was a child. And, you know, when you first talk to these girls, there's a lot of anger in them from a lot of situations, from their mother, from um, poverty, from different things. And I never go to a child preaching to them because, um, as most people know, my story, you know, I, I, was, I went through a lot of sexual abuse and stuff. And my thing is I really let her know that regardless of what she has done, she still can get up and, and make some of herself. And not only that, I get her involved in things. You know, a lot of people want to just immediately throw them in church and, and do this. I get them involved in things to make her feel like a little, make her feel like a little girl. Take her out sometimes. Just talk to her on the phone. Just get her involved in things to build up what the devil has tried to kill. You know, a lot of people already going to put a label on that, that child. Um, she fast, she grown. You know, I was accused of, of being fast, being grown and stuff, but people never took the time to see that this was a young girl out there hurting. Kids don't just um, grow, just be born into society and say, I want to go out there and do this. Something starts this behavior. 
and uh, we don't want to take time to deal with it. Everybody want to cast a demon out of somebody. Everybody want to blame the mama instead of find a solution. And it's not only just speaking scripture. You know, you have to get involved in things. Kids need direction. And there's not enough people out there giving them directions. A lot of today, a lot of people feel like that's not my problem, or the kids are bad each and last days they wicked anyway. But I work with these young girls. I um, I even recently had a, a teleconference with a group of younger Christians that were um, and one of them is like my spiritual daughter. She has a, a group called Girl Power, and they actually work with young people that have um been on dope, been on drugs, that's been through all of this. you got to reach people at a level. And, you know, you got to let them know, I've been through whatever. I did wrong, but don't down yourself. You can, you can do better. Help them. And it has to be something that we take serious and constantly be involved in. One thing that bothers me about a lot of church people, they want people to come to their revivals. They want people to come to their conferences. They want people to come to their church. All they want is to have somebody fill in that seat. They're not trying to reach that person. They're not really trying to reach the young people. But the thing is, get them involved in activities that may not only be um, church-related. See, he wins souls is wise. You know, my son, he likes rapping. Okay, I tell him, can you rap something that at least have a, a, a moral in it or something? You know, even if it's not um, rapping Psalms 31, you know what I'm saying? You have to ease this way to these kids and not, not, not let them know that we actually trying to force God on them. And the way Christ showed, showed us is what Tony was saying. All of this is shown by love. Because when you're already broken, you, you're out there having sex, you're running, you're doing all kinds of things. It's a reason for that. They just need somebody to show them love and not just say it, but constantly take time to build them up so they can stand up and, and walk on their own. And, you know, that's what I do when I deal with young people. I, I'm going to tell you, I know all the hip-hop people out there. I be shooting. They be in here, and I be like, how you do that dance? I might be aching when the night's over with, but, you know, it's all good. I, I get with them, but, I, you know, Get with them, but still let them know about God. That's how they're going to know God is how we treat them, not how we call um, Psalms 91, Psalms 26. They need to see that. And, you know, I just get so irritated with Christians that act like they never did anything wrong that they never wanted to have a boyfriend, that they never kissed, that they never had sex. To have them um, that's saying this is had sex time, they quote that they ain't had sex. You know, I've seen it all, and that's why I'm listening. The young people um, have a lot going on, but these older people have a lot of issues too. And if the whole situation, the old people and the young people, everybody needs to get together and bend down and repent from what I'm seeing, from the preacher to the prostitute. You know, it's to the point the preacher cannot say nothing to the prostitute because he's being with her. That's why they can't talk to the young people. The young people are going to say, oh, I saw him out there clubbing with the next person. So it's a reason why the young people are doing what they're doing. It's because the adults are falling short. You know, so, okay, I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> You got me started on that. You know, they don't young people so much. And it's so because they messed up. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, I had a question for Tony. You know, Tony, as I read uh a little bit about your you know, your bio, you said that you sat on the sideline and watched women very dear to you get played, abused, tricked and deceived. You know, is that part of the motivation for you writing the book? And for what you do now where you go out and you educate people about, you know, how to deal with relationships? Yeah, that's, that is my whole motivation and to, to get personal on a personal level. Um, and a lot of times people say, you know, they try to keep their business out of it and things like that. But in, inside of Christ, what we have to learn is that we have to be transparent. We have to be able to tell our story and, so that we could be a testimony to the, to the world. And with me, my father was a pastor, and me being an author since I was 22, 
and doing what I'm doing, I'm I'm where I am because of my father and the, and the way he raised me and the way he trained me up, the way that I should go. So even when he fell from grace, I knew God for myself because of what he instilled in me. But the thing about it was is after 25 years, my father divorced my mother, and he was a pastor. He gave up the church, and he divorced my mother, and he moved on to another woman. And that's a part of my book is why does a man leave a relationship so easy? And I tell about the upgrade. But even more than that, my sister who was raised in the church, who I was her big brother, and she's seen the games that I played with women. At the age of 16, she had her first child. And my father was behind the pulpit every Sunday preaching, and his daughter was pregnant. And so what happened was is that uh, we I was seeing older men, and the same thing was happening with other pastors' daughters that I knew. And I, I could name like two or three in my head right now. But what it was is that the men was caught up living their life and so consumed with their women and their wife that they forgot to raise their daughters. They forgot to allow themselves, their lifestyle, to be transparent. And the best thing for a parent that a parent can do for a child is to be transparent. Show them that you've sinned. Show them that you've made mistakes and give real-life uh, testimonies. And so I wrote the book for my mother and my sister because of what they went through. And I said, okay, I'm going to take and I'm going to break the G code, what they call it. I'm going to sell out. I'm going to give all the game. I gave about 97% of everything that I knew. And that come that was coming from a man that 90% of the women I met I slept with on the first night. That was coming from a man that I had slept with nearly 100 women by the age of 22. When I left high school, I was at 22 women. My my freshman year, I slept with 14. Them numbers stick out in my head. And I'd be honest about that, and I'd be transparent to show women that. And the thing about it is, is I had standards. I, if a woman drank, cursed, smoked, club, I ain't deal with her. So that already cut out a whole lot of women. So actually the women that I was being with, they they was on a whole nother level. And I still was able to go through that many. And the reason why is because their father didn't teach them how to carry themselves. Their father didn't teach them how to respect and love themselves. Or their father loved them so much and wasn't transparent as a human being that they didn't know what was real. They didn't know that they didn't know what a wolf in sheep's clothing was. And so that is why I wrote the book and I told my mother and my sister and to this day, my book been out over a year. Neither one of them have read through it front to back. And their reason is, it's too strong. Every time I read it, I break down in tears and throw it up against the wall. I can't handle this truth. I'm not ready for this. And that's and that's who I wrote it for because I say, you you won't listen to me. Go in one ear, out the other. So maybe if I put it down on paper, you could read it every day and write it upon the tables of your heart. Get it in your mind so that you can expect the worst but hope for the best and really you can earn the best because you know what's the worst. And that is why I wrote it for the women that's close, and, and not just them, but, I mean, my close female friends that's suffering, that's still single, that's in the prime of their life and can't find a man to love them or treat them right. And that's why I wrote it, to give them the game, to show them what's really real. And I gave everything that I could. Wow, wow, wow. We have about a minute left. I want to thank you both for coming on the show. And... um want you to give out your information really quick. Olivia, if you would go first, please. Okay. Um, my website is oliviastiff.com. Um, my MySpace is www.myspace forward slash Olivia Steph or Lady Has Flavor, L-A-D-Y-H-A-S-F-L-A-V-A. All right. And Tony? What daddy never told dot com spelled all the way out. All right, all right. Again, we have Olivia D. Stith, the author of If God Is My Lover, Why Is My Bed So Cold, and the author of Is Boaz Lost or Am I in the Wrong Field? And we have Tony Gaskins Jr., who is the author of What Daddy Never Told His Little Girl. Go out, buy those books. You need to read them. You need to know them. You need to teach others about them. Very important information, and we're glad that both of you uh, took time out to join us on the show, and we're definitely going to have you back again. 
Maybe you know you're always welcome on our of show. Of course. You know, I'm going to crash the party if I'm not invited. <laughs> <laughs> and, Tony, we'd definitely love to have you come back on the show. Yeah, he all right, also. No problem. Okay. All right, all right. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for listening in tonight, and we hope that you join us next Monday as we'll have another fun-filled show. With that being said, we thank you. Good evening, and God bless. <laughs>